Welcome. We are so glad you have joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. God is so good. How, how good was last Sunday night when the young adults take over? That was an awesome night. And next Sunday night, we've got Fiona Beasley coming. She's coming to speak at the Women's Conference. She's got a most amazing testimony of God's deliverance from uh, drug addiction, um, a miracle of healing. She was in a wheelchair not too many years ago, and now she travels around preaching. She's going to have a very powerful story. She's going to share that next Sunday night here. So bring along anyone you can to hear the message of hope in Jesus Christ next Sunday night. And Sunday morning, Pastor Ann Graham's going to be preaching. She's a great woman of faith, and they'll both be sharing at the uh, Women's Conference. So ladies, if you haven't signed up, um, it's Essence starting at uh, 9 o'clock next uh, Saturday morning through till 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Three great sessions, lots of food. It's going to be a great night. I want to share tonight on three key words, faith, hope, and love. It's like a triangle. We've got the triangle. I didn't even tell these guys to put the triangle up and they, you worked it out. Faith, hope, and love, it's like a triangle. And they all work together, faith, hope, and love. And sometimes it's like faith is the foundation or the point and the others stand on faith. Sometimes it's hope and sometimes it's love. But God wants us to have all three of them flowing in our lives. 1 verse 4 says, love is large and incredibly patient. Who's the most patient person here? We'll find out at the, uh, the uh, fast food place for supper tonight when there's five people in front of you and someone's lost their money and their card's not working. We'll find out how patient we are. Love is patient, is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Wow, that's a real test, isn't it? When someone else gets all the prophecies, when someone else gets their prayers answered straight away and you're still waiting weeks or months later. God says, be patient, trust Him. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honour. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offence. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter. Wow, is your heart, is your home a safe place of shelter? We want our church here to be a safe place of shelter where anyone can come, no matter what pain or brokenness or sin in their life, it's a safe place where they can come and experience His love. For it never leaving the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It's more endurant. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial, but when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. When I was a child, I spoke about childish matters, for I saw things like a child and reasoned like a child. But the day came when I matured, and I set aside my childish ways. For now we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries, as though reflected in a mirror, but one day we will see face to face. My understanding is incomplete now, but one day I will understand everything just as everything about me has been fully understood. Wow, Jesus understands you fully. 
your dreams, your hopes, your disappointments, all the cries of your heart. It says Jesus understands us fully already. That gives me a great sense of peace and hope in my life. It goes on and says, Until then, there are three things that remain. Faith, hope and love, yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. Wow, that's 1 Corinthians 13. Love be the prize that you run after. It's not whether you know more than someone else. Study all, your, all we can to do well in our work or our career. But it's love that is the foundation of His presence and blessing in our lives. The message version in verse 13 says, Trust steadily in God, hope unswervingly, love extravagantly. And the best of the three is love. The Amplified says, And now there remain faith, abiding trust in God and His promises, hope, which is confident expectation of eternal salvation, and love, unselfish love for others, growing out of God's love for me. These three, the choicest graces, but the greatest of these is love. So when the Bible talks about hope, it's not just, well, I hope it's fine tomorrow because I want to go to the beach. That's wishful thinking. That's a desire. The Bible, the word hope in the Bible is a confident expectation. It's linked in with faith. It's not just hoping or wishing that something will go well. It's a very strong conviction in your life. That uh, the word that uh, Pastor Peter read about, that, that he's got a future and a hope for us. And that was the last verse I wrote down to speak on tonight. A future and a hope for us. And that's not just for young people, that's for all of us. A future hope of blessing. So faith, hope and love, it's like that triangle. Three essential parts. There's so many threes in life in Scripture. We're made up of body, soul and spirit. Water can be solid, liquid or gas. We've got so many parts of our mind. We've got our intellect, our memory and our subconscious. God's got threes all throughout life and Scripture. They're everywhere that you look because it's the, it's the dynamic of the triangle. And you, I've got hundreds of them. I remember, and I came to about 25 of the threes. There's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you've got so many dynamics in, in our lives, the threes. It's a, it's a fascinating study in Scripture and in nature and in science, the threes that God's put together that holds our whole world together. Colossians 1, 3-5 says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel. So here we see in these few verses, we have faith, hope and love working together. In this passage, hope is the foundation that love and faith spring from. Because that's why I think uh, the Apostle Paul said, faith, hope and love, and hope's in the middle. Because if you don't have hope, you don't have any purpose in life. I don't know if you've ever met anyone that's totally in a hopeless situation. No matter what word of encouragement you give them, they just can't receive it. No matter what you say, no matter how many scriptures and prayers and prophecies and songs you have, it's like it just bounces off of their soul. It is so frustrating when you're trying to bring hope to someone who is in a hopeless situation. They are severely depressed. 
They have um, given up on life and sadly some even attempt suicide in the process because they, they just have no hope left. One guy says you can, uh, live, you can live without air for up to eight minutes. You can uh, live without drinking water for up to 40 days. You can live without food for, for some of you, only a few minutes, but up to most people can live without food for quite a few weeks. But you can't live without hope for more than eight seconds because there's something just drains your soul. You just don't want to get out of bed in the morning. But when there's hope, everything changes. You've got a, a sense of purpose in your work, in your relationships. And that's why sometimes when a relationship breaks down or you break up with some or family um, situation breaks up. For a while, you just feel just total despair, thinking, I just can't go on. I don't think I can, I can live anymore. And you hear um, all the songs that are written about breakups in relationships, and they're all just so sad, and everyone's crying, even the dog's crying, and everyone's just, just so sad. Some of those country and western songs, you know, you, you happen to just come across it on the radio on the way through, and you think, mate, everything's died. <laughs> it's just so sad. God doesn't want us to live like that. We all have times of grief and loss, but he doesn't want you to live in a place where there's no hope. And that's why Jesus has come to bring hope into our hearts. And we saw that this morning with the uh, Transformations graduation with, with uh, Brock and Josh, just to hear their stories about hope again. And I was just watching their families. I thought, this is so precious. And the, the beauty that God's hope brings into our hearts. It says this, faith and hope that spring from the hope stored up for you. They spring out of your heart and your soul. And I love it when you've got hope in your soul, you've got a spring in your step. You meet someone, they're just running down the street. You know, they, they just bump, they come bouncing into church as if they've got some springs in their shoes. Some people just live with that, that bubbly, overflowing, hope-filled life. They think, oh, that'd be awesome if I could live like that. But we don't all live like that every day. But hope can be a strength in your soul, in your spirit. It's not personality. I'm an extrovert and I'm pretty bubbly and positive, but it's not personality. It's the hope of Jesus in my heart that keeps me bouncing along. It's the hope the Holy Spirit gives me every day in my soul that gets me out of bed and can't wait to see what God's going to do today. It gives you courage and strength. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So faith, we've been preaching on faith and encounter, but Hebrews 11 says, without hope, you can't have faith. Because hope's for the future and faith's for now. If you've got no hope for the future, you're not going to have faith for now to get up and pray that prayer or to believe for a breakthrough or to face that discouragement or depression, to find a way to handle that, that disappointing news from the doctor, to find a way that when you are, are rejected for a job or that course that you thought you wanted to complete, you failed in it. That can just rob your whole hope for the future. But God says, I'm the God of hope and I want to give you hope. And I want to see that hope stir in our hearts again. As a church, we're a, we're a church that brings hope to our community. I just love the hundreds of people that have been touched by our church and by your life. So it says it's a gift of God. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Romans 15, 13. In the Passion Version it says, Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope. 
This is my turn to scripture when I'm having a bad day. I have them occasionally. You have a blue day and things just don't work out. This is my turn to scripture. It says, Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope. So God, just worshipping him, praising him, speaking in the heavenly language that God's given us with other tongues. Whatever I do in that spiritual journey, speaking the word of God, it starts to stir up hope, soul, because it's already in there because Jesus is the giver of hope. So if you're born again, he's in your heart by his spirit, but you someone's got to connect with that, tap into it because all the other circumstances are just robbing your perspective. And so this verse says, now God is the inspiration and fountain of hope. He'll fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. I think, oh, that, that just sounds a little bit too utopian. But no, this is how God wants us to experience this. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. Wow, how's that? But there's a superabundance of his love and life for our souls. In our humanity, because Jesus and fully man, so he understands everything we go through, that we get tired and we get impatient, we get frustrated, we get confused, we, we don't know what to do sometimes. Jesus walked on this earth, led by the Holy Spirit to show us that we can still have hope every day in our lives. And these verses remind us that it can overflow with uncontainable joy and perfect peace. Wow. And it's by the power of the Holy Spirit continually surrounding your life with His superabundance until you radiate with hope. Wow. You can radiate with hope. That's what God's called us to do. Jesus is the source or foundation of faith, hope, and love. We've used this verse often the last uh, couple of months. Hebrews 12.2, it says, We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us toward forward into faith's perfection. In other words, he's the author and finisher of our faith. So whenever you connect with Jesus, there's faith and there's hope starts to stir in your soul. His example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing you would be his. Wow, so he was looking 2,000 years ahead and saw you and I. He says, well, the joy of knowing that you would experience his love and hope and joy in, in your heart is what helped him to go through the pain of the cross. And sometimes when you know there's, worth, there's a worthwhile reason to go through your difficulty and pain, you'll keep going. You won't pull back. You'll, you'll know those kids, if you keep loving and discipling, they will grow into a place of joy and freedom. If I keep praying and believing and serving God, they will come into a place of freedom. It says... He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. I love Proverbs because they're just so real. And there's one in there that is very, very clear. I just want to share this one tonight. It says, Proverbs 15.4 says, When you speak healing words, you offer others fruit from the tree of life. Just think about that. How beautiful is it when someone says really nice words to you? Whether it's on a text it's a Facebook post. Someone sent me a card the other day. How awesome is that? You know what they are, those cards that people used to write in? <laughs> How awesome is when you get a card, a handwritten card? Or someone rings you up and gives you some words of encouragement or grabs you on the way out of church say, hey, I've been praying and thinking of you this week. 
thanks so much for your encouragement to me. It says, they, you, they are like a fruit from the tree of life, but unhealthy, negative words do nothing but crush their hopes. Well, have a think about that. Negative, unhealthy words do nothing but crush their hopes. Wow, wow, wow. We've sometimes just got to stop and think for an extra few seconds before we utter those words of anger, of disappointment, of justification, of judgment. Just those few seconds, say, do I really need to say that? Or I could, could I reframe that and still carry the truth of what I need to share, but to do it in a much better way that's not going to cause a crushing of someone's hopes? Every uh, student at school has known maybe a teacher or someone has come out with some words that have, can crush your hope that you are believing to do really well in that subject, but your hopes come crashing down. Now, I know there's some teachers here. I know that they work really hard on communicating the truth, but saying in a way that gives encouragement to have another go. Parents here, you learn to do that. Friendships, we learn to do it. But sometimes we just blurt stuff out. And this is the joy and the danger of social media where we can put stuff on and we're not in the room with them so we can't see the body language. We're not always thinking just what reaction this might bring, good or bad, and we post it and then it's too late. It's out there. And we need to think about our words, whether they're spoken, whether they're on social media, in whatever form we do because they have power to encourage people or they have power to crush people's hopes so quickly. And as I said, God wants us to be people that build up hope, not crush it. And there's lots of other Proverbs. I really love that one. There's another one in Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Wow. Some of the young people here are hoping for a relationship or a friendship with a the special person that they'd like to connect with. And if they don't even know you're alive, it can really crush your hopes. It can make you feel sick inside. You think, wow, don't they even know? And, and, and we've got to understand that Proverbs gives us answers here. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. What I've learned is put your hopes in Jesus. And when you've got natural hopes, whether it's about finances or relationships, Bring them to the Lord and he will help sift them so that then you don't live a life of disappointment and frustration, but you end up living a life of his blessing and hope over your life. Even if it doesn't work out the way you think sometimes, he's there to turn hopeless things into hope-filled things. Only Jesus can do that. He's, he's a master attorney destructive into a place of hope. We're singing that song about raise a hallelujah in the midst of the storm, and it got me thinking about the storm in when uh, the Apostle Paul. It's an amazing story. We won't read the whole story, but Paul was an amazing planting churches, seeing lots of people um, healed and miracles. Book of Acts tells us all that, and uh, an amazing guy that travelled all over the Middle East, what we know it today, and into uh, southern uh, Europe, and uh, then he got arrested by some jealous people because. 
he was taken away their livelihood or their crime, and so he got arrested. And eventually he appealed to go to the, uh, to the Caesar in Rome. So he's in chains, and he gets put on this boat, and they head off. And it looks like the weather's great, and Paul said, I don't think you should go. It's too late in the season. We're going to hit a storm. He had a discernment in his heart, but they didn't listen, so off they go. And then they hit this easy storm. It went on for 14 days and 14 nights. We see some of these cyclones around. They come through and last for a day or two. This one went on for 14 days and 14 nights where they saw no moon, sun, stars, and it was just chaos. And they're throwing all the uh, supplies over, so they thought the ship was going to sink, so they had to lighten it. And it went on for 14 days, and the Apostle Paul's there just praying, worshiping Jesus, saying, God, you've promised me I'm going to get to Rome, so I know we're going to get there. When God's given you a promise, you know you're going to get there. So the best thing is you're traveling on a plane, make sure there's some people who know they've got a set destination and you'll get there. God's there to help us. So it came to uh, Acts 17 verse 18, it says, We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, the storm continued raising. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. Even all these seasoned sailors, they thought we're all going to die in the middle of the ocean. You've got to remember back then, they had sails to get around. They didn't have GPS. They didn't have uh, motors and engines that could drive them. They had to depend on the wind to get them to the next port. So they were at the mercy of the elements. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. It's a nice time to say that, eh? Remember, he's on the boat too. Then you would have been spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. Last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. Wow, that's really good news. There was 276 people on board that ship. 175 other people's lives were saved because Paul was on the boat and he had a destiny with God. That's a powerful thought, eh? So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. So we have hope had disappeared, but Paul's hope and faith was still strong and he loved the people on his boat, even though he was in chains. So there was guards and there was other criminals. It was also, nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. So God showed him that the ship was going to be wrecked, but they were all going to escape. And sure enough, the next morning, they, they were checking out how deep the water was. Back then, they didn't have a nice uh, depth sounder. They had to throw a rope overboard with a weight on the end and it had marks on the rope and when they hit the bottom they could tell how many metres of water was underneath them. That was the way they had to do it back then. So they kept doing it and they got shallower and shallower and they realised they were coming to land. The storm's still raging and then um, the ship ends up hitting the sand or the rocks. It gets broken up but all of them jumped on board. They were, the soldiers were going to kill the prisoners. They said, no, don't kill them. Some of the soldiers tried to escape in the lifeboat. Paul says, don't do that. If you do that and leave the ship now, you're going to drown. By now they're listening to him because he's the only one who had any, any, any answers. Everyone else was just totally 
in despair. And sometimes you'll be in a situation where there's hope has been lost for a family. Hope is just, it's just despair everywhere you look. And Paul says, no, stay on board and everyone will escape with their lives. And sure enough, when they hit the ground, they, they jumped on boards. It says they couldn't swim. They grabbed on and they, they all made it. 276 people were saved from death because God gave Paul a word and he had hope when everything else was hopeless. He kept faith in God, even when he's the one that's been arrested and charged and, and going to appear and be judged for being a Christian. He's the one who brought hope when everyone else had lost hope. And sure enough, they all escaped this island. And if you read Acts um, 28, when they got to the island, they land on this island and um, they build a fire and a snake came out of the wood and bit him on the hand. And the soldier said, ah, he must have been a criminal. Now God's brought judgment. He'll, he'll swell up and die. Poison snake, but he didn't die. He just shook the snake off into the fire. When God's with you, nothing can destroy you. When you're walking in God's journey, nothing can destroy you. No snake, no shipwreck, nothing can destroy you if you keep your hope and faith in Jesus Christ. Paul could have given up and said, this is too hard. We might just all perish. I'm going to heaven anyway, so what's the point of fighting to save this boat and all these people? But he loved God and he loved the people. So he took a stand of faith and he shook the snake off and then they thought, wow, he must be a God. So then they wanted to worship him. He says, no, 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 I'm... I'm a worshipper of the true and living God. So now the presence of God comes on this island and uh, the chief's dad was really sick. So he goes and prays for him. He gets healed. So then they get fed and they got all their supplies. And months later, the whole island comes to Jesus. Uh, the revival hits the whole island and then they take off and head off on another boat months later to get to Rome. You think that's a fanciful story? No, this is true. That's history. And it's because one man, when others were hopeless, said, I still trust in Jesus. The Holy Spirit came and gave him a, a vision and a word exactly what was going to happen. And it happened exactly what he said and saw. I want to encourage us, young men, young women, older men, older women, let's be people that are full of love, faith and hope because you'll have some amazing stories. <coughs> I remember when I first started preaching, I said, I don't have any stories to tell. An old father in the face says, don't worry, just use Bible stories and other people's stories. If you keep going long enough, you'll have plenty of your own stories. And I've got dozens of amazing stories of God's blessing and provision and protection over our lives. So I want to encourage you with hope and faith, you can overcome. A couple more scriptures to wrap it up. Hebrews 6.18 says, so it's impossible for God to lie, for we know that his promise and his vow will never change. And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort for he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time. An unshakable hope. We have this certain hope like a strong unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold and where Jesus, our forerunner, now lives. Pete's a fisherman. I've been out a few times, Matt has. When I throw an anchor over, I'm hoping it will sink to the bottom, find a snag or a rock, and it'll hold our boat. Here, the writer of Hebrews gives a totally opposite picture. He says, when you throw your anchor of hope out, it doesn't go down, it goes up and connects with Jesus in heaven. It's a totally different picture. 
It's, it's a radical picture that when you keep expressing your hope, you connect with the God of heaven and he will look after you and help you come through and bring other people into freedom and hope. That's the picture. It says you throw your rope of anchor out and it goes up and connects with Jesus who's already in heaven. A key scripture is Romans 5. Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. This means that we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God all because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. Our faith guarantees access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance and our character and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. I want to read that verse 5 again as the worship team comes. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Tonight, we've got a few more. I want us to take some time to do two things. I want to pray for people who are living and wrestling with a lot of disappointment in your life. We all go through disappointments. Things happen. Sickness comes, relationships don't work out, jobs finish, expectations get dashed, other people let us down. Sometimes we think God's even forgotten us. There's several people here tonight, you, you, just, you know God's real, but it's like you find he's just out of reach. No matter what you do, it's like he's just out of reach. It's like you throw the anchor out, but it just always falls short. Tonight... God's saying, hey, I want you to just reach out with your heart because I want to connect with you again. He's calling you to his heart. So I want to pray for people that are struggling with disappointment regularly in your soul. And the other thing I want to pray for is for people to be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit because that's where the love and the hope pours out because he's the God of hope. I've learned when I'm full of the Spirit, hope and love are just bubbling in my soul. There's strength comes. When I pray in the Spirit, when I worship, when I know the Holy Spirit, it says it's just an overflow. It's like bubbling. It's like just stirring your soul up. That's what keeps me full of energy and hope is when the Holy Spirit's bubbling in. I want to read that verse again. This hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. How beautiful is that? Let's stand in His presence. <clears throat> I just feel I just feel some of you are just bubbling with hope and joy and I was watching you when we were worshipping earlier on flying your heart. You can't stop your feet from dancing when you've got hope and joy in your soul. You know, everything's just going for it. But sometimes there's disappointment that comes and tries to rule us. We all have disappointments in life. You know, we get disappointed, we go to the shop and we want to buy something, they've run out of stock. That's a short-term disappointment. 
you know, or you, you see a, someone says, oh, they've got this great new di- uh, food there. So you go there and they've run out. That's a disappointment, but you know it's probably going to be there tomorrow. So it's not like it's a crushing disappointment. It's just, oh, no, I'll have to eat something else now. We have disappointments like that. But there are more deeper disappointments that come where our dreams get crushed. Or we, we think, I want to be free of this addiction and I'm making progress, but then sometimes it just seems too hard. Or that rejection. Or that dream that just seems just out of reach. But tonight I just feel His love drawing us right now. His love drawing us right now. His love drawing us right now. Oh, Jesus. That this word of hope, you think, boy, if only I had that hope in my soul. Oh, I just feel Jesus standing here right now, reaching out with an invitation of hope for your soul. Whether it's a short-term disappointment or it's been a long-term frustrating thing that's gone on for years, I just feel Jesus saying, hey, come. Thank you for joining us. Bayside Christian Church Community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or on our social media pages at Bayside Christian Church.